The Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 44, we are officially under double digits to get to a full year on this podcast. That's something I'm awfully proud of. The fact that I was hesitant to do this in the first place because I hate the sound of my own voice, and I didn't know how it would go, but the fact that I have so many great people just a phone call away that are willing to sit down and talk for 30 minutes and open up to the public means the world to me. For the first time in podcast history, which is, yes, 44 weeks old, you guessed it, we've got a repeat guest, and in fact, this is the third time we've done a podcast with him. Tyler Pence is the guest this week, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. First things first, Northwestern Mutual is the proud sponsor of this podcast, and like all the guests I've had and all the people who are listening, I greatly appreciate their support. Northwestern Mutual is putting their money up to allow me to get the word out about their internship program this summer. For those in the financial world in college, check out what they have to offer and apply today. Tell them I sent you. It's Northwestern Mutual, and it's right here in Springfield. Now, let's talk about what I saw in the past week. We'll discuss what I saw in the sports world in the past seven days, and then what's going on in the CS8 and Sagamo races, and what we're covering in the next seven days, what the big games are in the area for Channel 1450. Last Thursday, what did I see? I got started in Verdon with a couple innings of Sagamo baseball. Auburn hands their rivals North Mac their first loss of the season as Cole Smith gets it down on the mound. That was a big win for Auburn baseball. Then, went over to Jacksonville and saw the Glenwood girls soccer team Start their busy week of sorts with a solid shutout win over Quincy. They didn't have a great weekend on Saturday against O'Fallon or Monday against Edwardsville. Two big losses for the Titans. Let's see how they respond this weekend. On Friday, I stopped at the north side for Lamphere Siding Day with Cheyenne Trotter. The Lions senior is headed to John A. Logan to start her college career. After Siding Day, I got over to see some new Berlin baseball against Pawnee for a couple innings. The Pretzels are in a great position right now and have been hot lately. They have one loss in the Sagamo, and that was to Moreau Forsyth, who beat them 15-0. Other than that, New Berlin has beaten everyone in conference and has some good wins out of conference as well. Also Friday evening, I got over to SHG to see the girls' team hosting their tournament. They picked up a great win over Providence Catholic on Friday night. The Cyclones are a great pick to make a deep run in 1A in a couple weeks. Saturday, went out to Pleasant Plains to see the Glenwood Titans baseball team against the Pleasant Plains Cardinals and Titans put up 18 runs against the Cardinals. On Monday, back to Pleasant Plains, nice, cold, and windy. Thought it was spring, but it wasn't. Had to break the car hard out again for the Plains soccer invite. The Cardinals dominated Macomb for an 8-0 win. Williamsville beats Lutheran 6-0. On the football field, Athens beat Riverton and Auburn beat Beardstown in penalty kicks. Tuesday night, a big conference evening everywhere. In the CSA, Glenwood gets two big wins in baseball and softball. I was in Verdon again for the Sagamo matchup. North Mac against Moreau Forsyth. The Trojans undefeated at 18-0 coming into that one. North Mac with just one loss all season, and that was to Auburn, like I said last week. Moreau Forsyth makes a statement with a 23-5 win over North Mac in dominant fashion. Jackson Grubbs is 7-0 as a pitcher this year. Ethan Willoughby, a big-time player at shortstop. And at the plate, and that lineup on offense is dangerous, up and down. On Wednesday, I was out in Chatham for Glenwood Sacred Heart Griffin Baseball. The eight-inning extra baseball instant classic goes to the Titans to give them a season sweep over the Cyclones. Titans score four in the sixth and seventh to force extras, and then Sam Hovey drives the walk to walk it off. Big win for the Titans. On the softball side, Glenwood sweeps the Cyclones as well to stay undefeated in conference play. Impressive showing from the state-ranked Glenwood softball team. A lot of great things going on in Chatham right now with soccer, 
baseball, softball, and of course track. Let's start with Thursday. What's coming up on Channel 1450? If the rain can stay away long enough, we get a few games in. Here's the plan. Two big Sagamo Conference Series in Forsyth. Auburn travels over for softball and baseball. Huge game for both teams. Auburn versus Monroe Forsyth. The other big matchup is Williamsville at Pleasant Plains. Always fun regardless of the sport for that rivalry. Softball is much more important this year in terms of the conference race. Also keep an eye on Riverton at New Berlin baseball, especially if Auburn can knock off Moreau on the baseball side, then New Berlin is right back in the conference race. On Friday, Glenwood Soccer is hosting a little tournament, so if you're looking for some soccer to see, go out to Chatham on Friday night. The Titans play at 4.30. Rochester Soccer is also hosting Morton on Friday, and we'll have the Pleasant Plains Soccer Tournament championship between the Cardinals and the Bullets at 5.45. That's out in Plains on Friday night. On Saturday, we'll see if Glenwood wins on Friday. If they do, they'll play for the title on Saturday for soccer at 12.30. But the big one on Saturday in the Springfield area is in college baseball. Sam Antonacci and Ben Hartle return home to Springfield with the Heartland Hawks to take on the Lincoln Land Loggers. A ton of local talent and a huge series in the MWAC this season. Hopefully the weather holds this weekend so we can get some games in, especially those baseball games. If you're interested on Sunday, head up to the Corn Crib. It's a great place to watch baseball. Lincoln Land travels there to play Heartland for two more on Sunday. That series is going to be an awesome one. On Monday, we'll have Plains at 8th in soccer as the Cardinals look to wrap up the Sagamo Soccer Conference title. Other big games on Monday. Q&D at Springfield High Soccer, Rochester at Williamsville Softball, and Plains at SHG Baseball. Tuesday, Another very busy day. Tis the season, right? The Sagamo Conference track and field meet at Morella Forsyth. The Boys City Track meet, which is scheduled to be at Southeast. In Sagamo action, New Berlin at Williamsville Baseball and Softball. And Morella is at Riverton to wrap up the conference late. Also Tuesday, the big one in the CSA. Yeah, this one's huge because this probably decides the conference. U-High at Springfield Baseball. So get to Robin Roberts because that one's going to be huge on Tuesday. On Wednesday, the 4th, Springfield is at U-High Baseball. That's the big one on the slate. Let's hope the weather holds because that one could wrap things up for U-High to win the conference. Now, let's talk about this week's guest. You already know him if you follow along with this podcast. It's UIS Cross Country and Track Head Coach Tyler Pence talking about his recent experience running the Boston Marathon, finishing 30th. And there's plenty more, so let's get to it. Here's Tyler. All right, we're going to welcome in Tyler Pence to the podcast again this week. Uh, I got to say, this is quite the honor because not only have I not had anyone on twice, but you've now been on three times. Three so, times. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to have to start paying you as a guest <laughs> host, should say. Um, you've been a busy guy, so first of all, how are you? I know we're going to get into a, a few weekends ago, but yeah. how's life, how's things with you right now? Good, it's busy. Obviously, uh, we're in the middle of outdoor track, so it's definitely the busiest time of the year for coaching um you know cross we really race every two to three weeks um indoor you know we only have about four regular season meets and then outdoor i mean it's pretty much every single weekend between starting at the end of march going all the way through may so it's it's busy you know we've been we're on the road every single weekend and you know practices every morning so it's 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 definitely a lot but team's doing well and we're kind of gearing towards championship season now so it's been fun with how busy you are and how busy I am, I normally wouldn't bother you this time of year, but um, you had a big race for yourself a couple weeks ago. So um, let's just start with your overall thoughts on how Boston went and how that experience was this year. Yeah, um, first Boston Marathon for me. Um, you know, everybody talks about Boston 
with you know just such a high you know just and really enjoying their experience there and uh, everybody explains it in such a weird way they talk about how hard the course is and how hilly it is but then the, the plus side is the atmosphere and just like how fun of an environment it is and you know I never really understood it until running it and it's so true I I think I underestimated both ends I didn't expect it to be so hilly and so challenging and I did not expect that a lot of a crowd for 26 miles yeah um, you know I've done I guess my fifth marathon um, and I have never experienced fans like that the entire way yeah. and it was cool it was very challenging um, you know it definitely got the best of me late in the race but I enjoyed the experience I mean the crowd gets you to the finish line in times where you didn't know if you were going to make it and um, I'll definitely be back 100% from somebody outside of the, the running world and the marathon world I may be wrong in saying this, but I feel like the Boston Marathon is one that everyone pays attention to, whether you watch running, whether you pay attention, whether you have somebody running in it or not. Like, it's one of those things that media outlets are talking about, like, oh, today is the Boston Marathon. Make sure you just pay attention. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's the number one marathon in the world. And um, I think, one, because media follows it so much. Um, and that city is so involved in that marathon. I, You know, that's where I think there's nothing like it because... The city shuts down. I mean, people don't work yeah. on Boston Marathon Monday. Um, everybody's going out and they're all cheering on. And I think that's what's cool is most marathons you go to, the people who are cheering on are cheering on for somebody that's racing. At Boston, it's not even that at all. It's actually just a bunch of people who decided to come out and cheer on a marathon for a bunch of people they don't even know. And that's what makes it such a cool experience. I think the, the city does such a good job at making it this you know, worldwide event, um, and getting such good media coverage, and, um, you know, I think the history of the course, too, just, you know, all those pieces together make it the biggest marathon in the world. So, for that to happen, and you have the chance to race in it competitively, mm -hmm. what does that mean when you know that you're doing that, and you get that opportunity? Yeah, you know, I never, I, th I you know, I posted my, like, right before the race, I posted on social media, and I mentioned, you know, when I was in sixth grade, and I decided to take on running, I would have never thought, yeah. you know, 17 years later, <laughs> here I'd be in the pro field at the Boston Marathon. I just never, you know, you never picture something like that. It's never been a thought in my mind. And, um, you know, I, in a big moment like that, I definitely looked back at, you know, my entire career. And it's just cool to see how it's slowly developed into what it's been. And um, it's been just an awesome journey. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not done yet. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely kind of, had a lot of reflection in that moment. It's like, man, it's, it's taken a lot to get to this point. And, you know, I think it made me really it just enjoy the moment. And there was times in that course where I I wasn't happy with how the race going, but I could kind of bring my mind back. Like, you know what? You made it here. Just enjoy the experience, you know? And, and I don't do that much. I'm yeah. kind of bad at doing that, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I get let the competitiveness get the best of me. And I think I did a good job at just, like, sitting back and, like, really enjoying what was happening. No matter what you do the rest of your career, you'll be able to say that you ran the Boston Marathon and you finished top 30. Yeah. To me, that's incredible for anyone, let alone, I mean, to say that you did that has to be a special feeling. It is. It is. And, you know, I, I was in both sides. I, I'm happy with how it went and, and what happened, but there's also that part of me that, you know, one day I want to go back and I want to do better. And, you know, I think... Boston's one of those courses that the first time is always tough and you know I, just looking back now I feel like I could go around that course a whole lot better than what I did 
you know, because you're running it blind. I didn't know what was coming. And obviously everybody prepares you and, and tells you about it, but until you see it and feel it, mm-hmm. it's completely different. And I had never gotten to a marathon and been at mile 16. My legs were just shot, you know, and it was just a unique experience. Um, so I, I would change a lot of training um, and just the way I run the course, I think I would change a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, just to say I went, I obviously am happy with that, but I want to go back and actually do a little more, you know. But. To run that far and, like you said, constantly have eyes on you, constantly have people watching, mm-hmm. what is that feeling like? Because that doesn't happen very often when you run that far. No, it's weird. I mean, I, <laughs> early on in the race, I remember getting to like two miles and I had people cheering left and right for the first two miles and you get this excitement because usually in other courses you kind of let that get you going yeah you can't do that at boston because if you're if you're doing that you're doing that for 26 miles eventually you're just going to crash and i remember right around mile two i kind of stepped back i was like okay you're going to have to tone it back and run a smarter race because you're not going to last if you keep letting this crowd get the best of you yeah. and you know and push you hard so you know you kind of try to zone it out and not listen as much because you want to also focus on the race plan that you had and I felt like I did a really good job at that you know and and late in the race when I start hurting is when I actually wanted to start listening and start having that you know those people motivate Mm -hmm. me and get me going when you know I I would say around mile 20 was when I was like really taking in the crowd it's like I didn't feel like I was even going to finish I was hurting so bad you know and and taking in the energy from the crowd it kind of gets you going it's like okay you're going to finish feed off their energy and, and get you in so you kind of pick and choose when you want to listen because if you're listening the whole time it's like it's a lot you know you almost can't even hear yourself think but um no i thought i did i thought i did a pretty good job at kind of zoning out and, and really focusing on my race for the most part um but i needed the crowd late for sure people who don't understand running or don't understand marathons would say you know you're running the same distance why is it any different if you trained you trained mm-hmm. um but your biggest fan, I think, is safe to say, Coach Cotner talked about. He was literally tweeting like updates of like the the hills are coming, the hills are coming, and yeah. here they are. Yeah. Um, explain that. What what can you explain that? Yeah, you know, Boston's hard to explain, um, and you know, Trey's a perfect example of when you run the course, you you understand what's going on, and you know, my I had a, I had a lot of family and friends there, and you know, they saw some of my splits come in, and like, oh no, he's falling apart. And the reality was I wasn't really falling apart. I was just hitting some massive hills, and it was slowing me down. So, like, they're just seeing it from, a, yeah, yeah. you know, just a quick load. It's like, oh, man, his smile went back 30 seconds. And it's tough because the first basically 15 to 16 is, is net downhill. But there's climbs in there as well. But so so it's kind of quicker of the first 13 miles. Okay. You know, you go through half, and you're usually out at a pretty good pace. Um, but going downhill also tears up your legs. Yeah. You know, and, and people don't really think about that. It's like, oh, well, you're running downhill, you should run faster. Well, <laughs> it's also a lot of stress in the quads and the hamstrings. So then all of a sudden, mile 16 or 17 is your first climb. And, you know, here in Springfield, Illinois, if you look around, it's not hilly. No. You know, and here I thought I was really training hills, but the hilly part of Springfield is the flat part of Boston. And when I got to the first real hill, it's the Newton Hills, it's basically a four mile set of hills. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I got the first one. I was like, I got four, four more of those left. This is going to be quite the challenge. And, you know, you get up the hill, then all of a sudden you're going straight down. So tearing up your quads on the way up, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're tearing your quads and hamstrings in a different way on the way down. And you're constantly switching that gear. Um, I mean, by the fourth 
hill. That's why they call it they call it Heartbreak Hill. Your legs are just screaming at you, and then all of a sudden you hit a long downhill, and you're supposed to get it going again. And your legs are just like for me, I just couldn't get it going. It was like my legs are like you're <laughs> you're asking for way too much here. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just different. It's a that's what makes it such a great course though is it really does challenge every runner, you know, especially during that 16 to 21. You know, I simulating that during training would be very difficult, especially here in Springfield. Yeah. Um, anywhere where you're, it's flat. It's just tough to do. So. Um, it is funny. Every person that's running Boston tries to prepare you, and then, you know, I'm a big believer until you run it. I don't know that you can get a real good idea of what you're going to be facing. Yeah. What was your training like? How confident were you? How healthy were you, I mean, mentally and physically going into this? I would say it was my best training segment I've ever had um, in my life. I, I was in the best shape I've ever been. Um, workouts all went really well. I think I had one that I wasn't super happy with it that's normal I mean um, and I was in a really good place mentally like I life has been going good and you know I was enjoying my training which you know go back to Quad Cities I I kind of remember thinking that might be my last one because I really didn't enjoy the training segment at all I was like man why am I doing this like I don't have to do this anymore Yeah. you know and, and this one I was super excited I loved it um, I got to the course I was excited um, you know, maybe that race didn't go exactly how I pictured it or envisioned it, but I was in the best shape I'd ever been in. I think, if anything, looking back, there was just a few things as far as hill training that I could have done differently. You know, realistically, I'd love to go out to Colorado for a month and train, but I'm also a college coach, and I'm in the middle of track season. You know, I also, looking back, it's like, man, I don't know if I ever want to do another marathon during track season. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it was a lot, but... Um, no, but I was, it's Boston, like we talked about. Right, you know, and, and realistically, there's never going to be a perfect time for me to go do that. But I, I, I thought my training went great. I was super happy with it, and uh, yeah. Last time we talked about the Quad Cities one, um, we talked in detail about the the pre race meeting mm-hmm. and laying out the course and kind of getting to know the other people yeah. that will be running at the front. Mm-hmm. What was that like for this one when these dudes are the best of the best <laughs> yeah. in the world? It was it was very different, um, you know. As a runner, you know who the best in the world are. You know, I could I can name you the top ten Americans and top ten Kenyans, or you know, just the best in the world. And you know, this was famously known as the fastest elite field that Boston's ever had, fastest pro field. And um, you know, here sitting in that room, I'm looking around. I'm like, a lot of these guys, they're just pro runners. You know, and what what they do for a living is is running and. Obviously, my lifestyle is a little different than that, and you know, I, I really, I don't think that's that intimidating to me. But it's, it, it is interesting to see just how everybody works, and you know, what's their pre-race routine. And here, I mean, the, the morning of, you hop on a charter bus to take you out to the starting line, and you're sitting in the charter bus with all your competition, you know. And it's just, it's interesting, and you know, I kind of sit there, and I, I really just like love to observe and and see how people are and you know these are a lot of people where I've seen results from them and um, kind of see how their training is but I've never really met them much in person so you know I met a lot of them talked to a lot of them a lot of great people Um, but yeah it was definitely different and and also from a media side I mean there's just cameras in your face and it's just it was different you know and I had never run a major so I never really understood what that was like until then and um, you know, God, Boston does just such a good job at putting that together for that pro field, and 
the way they treat you and everything. It was it was really cool. Um, you know, kind of a first timer for me, so I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Was there any mental flashbacks to Quad Cities and kind of dealing with the backlash of that? Not really. You know, I I've really put that behind unless that conversation gets brought up, which is you know obviously bound to happen every once in a while. Um, but no, I, I I really that that hasn't come up a whole lot. If anything, it comes up more of as a joke. Yeah. You know, um, which I'm fine with. You know, which they say cancel culture is two weeks and it's on to the next. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's great. Right. But it also doesn't take into effect the mental aspect that it took on you. Yeah, and I, I really, I let go of that. You know, I, I felt like I moved on after it kind of settled down and stopped thinking about it. Um, but yet yeah, now, to me, it's more something. Like man, remember that? That was crazy, you know. Rather than being something that upsets me, or you know, because I, I I struggled for for I would say a month after that happened, just mentally, like kind of questioning things and like did I do anything wrong, you know, stuff like that. And um, no, definitely by now, it's it's really not a conversation that's that's been had or something people talk about. As a competitive person, how happy were you with where you finished? We kind of talked touched on a little bit, but yeah, um, what. What was your goal going in, and, and where did you hit? Um, you know, I I really want to run with the best of the American group. Um, you know, that's kind of the the group I compare myself to the most. Um, you know, going in, I wanted to be competitive and being, you know, one of the top Americans. I felt very short of that. Um, and I think, you know, going back, I just, I just think I wasn't fully prepared to make that kind of jump. And I know I'm capable of it. And you know, down the line, I can see myself making that kind of jump. I think that day, that just was not going to happen. And I would say the most that's changed with me over the last, I guess I've been running competitive post-college for six years, is just my maturity as far as figuring out what your body's taking that day. You know, and I made some smart moves early, not going with leaders and going with the top American group that I think if I would have done, I probably would have paid for it badly. You yeah. know, maybe wouldn't have got to the finish line. I don't know. Um, so I was leaving. I was not happy with 30th place. You know, I, I that's for sure. I, I would like to be a lot higher. I'd like to be top 15, top 10. Um, I don't think that would have happened on that day. Just That's just the way it was. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and going back to my race routine, I, I think I, I did everything right that day. Um because you know your body better than anyone, and if you mm-hmm. say physically you were in the best shape, yeah, like dude, yeah. there's nothing else you can do, man. right? And and I think that's where I leave knowing like that was what I had that day, and um, I made a lot. Of, again, I think I made some smart moves as to who I went with and who I ran with, and um, you know, again, I think if I went back and raced that course again against the same group, I could do a lot better. Um, but those people are going to get better with experience as well, you know. I, it's not easy to be one of the top Americans at all, um, but that's definitely been my goal once I got into the marathon scene. It was like, I want to go compete with the best, and when I show up to the next Olympic trials, I want to be a, a contender to get one of those top three spots. Um, I do think that's realistic. I, obviously, there's a lot of work I have to do, and you know, I, I just think I've matured a lot in my racing over the last you know, four or five years. Early on, you know, even at the trials, I made some dumb mistakes and paid for them, you know, and that was just two years ago. So... I think as I continue to race more marathons, and that's another reason I want to keep doing some majors, is throw myself against some really competitive guys, and that's how I'm going to learn is, is getting beat. You know, going to races that I'm going to win, 
and not have really strong competition isn't going to teach me much, you know. Yeah. You learn from kind of failing and uh, going against the best, you know. So, you know, I've, I've looked at Chicago, New York, and the other majors just to see what lines up with my schedule. Obviously, that's the hardest part is my schedule. But, um, you know, I, over the next two years, I just want to race as many marathons as I can get in and keep learning. I was going to ask you about what's next, future plans, but you kind of laid that out there. Um, as, a, as a coach, and like you said, how busy you are right now, you don't have a lot of time to plan it out. But also, we talked about last time, you know, time flies to where all these marathons only happen so often. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the Olympic trials and when that lines up. Like, you don't have a lot of time to just say, okay, I'll worry about that in a couple months. Right. And I, and I try not to stress too much about making sure I get my trials marked. You know, I think that's just going to happen when it happens. And next, I'll pick some faster courses I you know I, I don't necessarily look at Boston like a uh, Olympic trials qualifying course it's no but if it would have happened hey right <laughs> yeah. you know and then that's what I thought on that day is you know that could happen that day or maybe it won't um, obviously it didn't but you know Chicago's fast um, the Indy Marathon's fast Calendar National's fast that's where I actually qualified for the last trials so you know looking at those three and how those work in my schedule is probably what I'll do um, to go get the mark done I'm you know I'm confident you know, even with where my fitness was at Boston, I, I can go get that mark and, and get that done as long as I stay healthy. Um, so I have the time to do it. It's just figuring out what route I want to take and which one I want to do it at. And um, you know, definitely, it is what I want to do. I want to make sure I'm running at the next trials, and you know, after that, who knows? But I can't. I don't see Boston happening again until after the trials because it's just not somewhere that. I'm going to go get that done. And, you know, maybe maybe if I go get it done early next fall or something and I have time to go race, mm-hmm. then maybe maybe I will do Boston in the spring. But um, until I get that mark, I'm definitely not going back there. And, yeah. <laughs> What's the feeling like when you wrap up the race and you see your family and friends there and how proud they are of you in Boston when like you said I mean this is a bucket list type of thing and you see all the support that you got yeah I mean it's and it's not even just the support from them I mean it's really like the support from Springfield too you know just getting back to my phone and seeing how many people followed and you know people telling me congrats but also yeah having a head I think we had 12 people come out uh, between family and friends and yeah it's like kind of a surreal feeling and actually the the day before um, you know that whole crew they went over to the Red Sox game and I came just for an hour or so just to yeah. say hi, and as I was leaving, I, I wasn't going to see them again until the finish, and I was kind of emotional just knowing, like, man, these people flew all this way just to come watch me race, Yeah, you know, and that's been awesome. I, my, my family's incredible. They've been so supportive in everything that I've done, especially on the running side, and uh, I, I love having them there. It's kind of like a family bonding activity now when I race. It's like, okay, we're all going here this weekend, yeah. you know? Um, so it's fun. And then just I have friends who are, you know, flying out, taking days off work um, just to come watch that. It's awesome, you know, and, and I'm very, very appreciative of that. And I always try to remind myself, you know, make sure you show that because it does. It means the world to me. And I, I think about it all the time. It's like blows my mind that people are, will take their time away from their day to just come support me. So um, and the Springfield running community is also just incredible. I mean, you know, they follow every single person from Springfield that goes and runs that marathon. Yeah. Um, it's just cool. You know, I it's a, it's a great community to be involved in, and you know, all the road, road that's why I go to all the road races we do here. It's like it's such good people and such a tight knit group. Everybody knows everybody, and um, 
yeah, I have so many great things I can say about the community here and support me. How do you find the time to do get everything done at this time of year when you're you're running yourself, you're coaching your team, mm-hmm. you also have to be recruiting, do you not? I mean, yeah. you have to do, yeah. you have to do all that. What what's a what's a normal week like? like? How do you kind of plan that all out? It's funny you say that because actually I was bored on the flight home from Boston and. I, my dog spends more time at the kennel right now than she does at the house. And I I was doing the math, and I had been... I had slept in my own bed 11 of 34 days. the month, Basically the month leading up to Boston. Yeah. You know, that's how much I was traveling. I mean, I was I was in California on Friday for some of the, some of the people on our team racing. And then I was in Boston racing on Monday. Yeah. You know, um... We've been out in North Carolina, and we're you know we're traveling every weekend, so it is tough. But the nice thing is too is that like with coaching, like we'll have a group of guys or girls who you know wake up in the morning at the hotel and they're gonna go do a shakeout run. So it's like I get up. That's a good way I go around with them, get some miles in, or you know if we get back late at night, then I get home and I get out and get my miles in. You know it's just time management. Um, you know the nice thing here is I can. I could be doing something on a computer, planning something, and if I get an hour of time, I can go head out for a run straight from here, go get that done, and come back in and get back to work. You know, so I do have some flexibility when I am here. The, the tough part is when I'm on the road um, and we're traveling and five-hour days in the van and you're getting out and have to put miles in. It's definitely not fun. But, again, it's, it's weird because this was my busiest time of the year, but this is probably my most enjoyable training cycle ever. Um, so I'm definitely a busy body. I prefer busy over nothing to do. Um, so you just make it work, you know, and the biggest part is honestly recovery is finding enough time to make sure you're getting proper sleep and still hydrating and eating good food and traveling, you know, and <laughs> it's challenging. Um, but that's, that's kind of always been how I was, you know, if there's something to do, I go, you know, so I'm always busy. Um, so that's just the way I am. Yeah. Uh, the team has had a lot of success so far this spring, mm-hmm. and I think, I mean, for for me and for us, we obviously pay attention to the guys that we know, the girls that we know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just who we've seen grow up and come into this. Um, so for guys like Chris, who we've seen have a ton of success as a freshman, yeah. how validating is that for you, and how much does that help you in recruiting? Say, hey, come here and look what you could do. Like, right. Look what we could do. Yeah. And, and it's it's weird because it's all started, you know, you can kind of rewind back to the first recruits we had who were kind of from the area, small town, whether it's Athens, Shelbyville, Taylorville, Lincoln, you know, and, you know, Blake Jones was the same way. He's yeah. from Lincoln and, um, you know, Chris is, Chris has been incredible. I mean, the, the freshman season he's having, I mean, he's basically completely redone our entire freshman record board on the men's side. Um, you know, and he's following greats. I mean, he, he follows Blake Jones. Last year, freshman was Court Ross, who basically took all of Blake's records. And then now, this year, we've got Chris, who has completely wiped away all those. Um, you know, the, 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 the crazy... Or the thing that I always look at is, is you can find the same characteristics in all three of those guys I just mentioned. You know, extremely hardworking. I mean, they live in this gym... They're so coachable, you know, you, you tell them to work out and it's like, done, you know. Um, and they're so smart tactically racing, you know, and I think that's the craziest thing about Chris is he's a freshman, but he races like he's a senior. He's always in perfect position. He, you know, you tell him a race plan and he follows it to a T. 
Um, so he, he's starting on a very good foot. I mean, he just ran 30 flat in the 10K. I don't hear about many freshmen that do that freshman year. Um, you know, last year, Court ran 30-0-something, so he barely nipped that record. And Blake, his freshman year, ran 30-20. So, it, you know, he's on he's on a good path. You know, if, he, if you look at, you know, that's where Blake started and where Blake has finished as a national caliber guy. I mean, that's the road Cherry's going to take. You know, I have no doubt in my mind. I think by next year he'll be a guy that contends for all Americans. You know, so and it's cool because he's from right down the road in Taylorville. Yeah. He wasn't really looked at by a lot, a lot of big time D ones, and he was massively overlooked. Um, Which I want to tell a story here for a second, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, the first time I think I covered him as a junior. Uh, I mean, you hear about how good he is, so you're like, okay, I'll go down there and, and watch him run a cross country race, mm-hmm. and. For the first time that I've seen, and I haven't done it this that long, but I've covered plenty of races. Yeah. First time I see a kid not only crush the field, but once he gets to the finish line, he just pops his shirt off and like <laughs> flashes at the camera and says, what's up? And it's like, okay, like, you know, you don't see that personality out of like runners like that sometimes. Like usually they're just like, but he, he is a type of kid who it seems like, you know. He's got a little spunk. Yeah, there's a little yeah. bit of swag there. Right? Yeah, he rocks right now. He's rocking mullet. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Um, which I, that that's good in running is is having a little bit of that kind of little chip on your shoulder type thing. And you know, I think that's the nice thing too about guys like him. Didn't get a big opportunity to go run at some massive D one. You know, comes here at Division two, and now I think a lot of those D one coaches are probably looking back, thinking, "Man, how did we miss this kid?" Yeah, you know, and that's. That's kind of part of it, you know, and I think that's, take him. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the story of our program, though, is a lot of guys who just didn't get those big looks, and then now you look back, and it's like, wow, those guys could go run, you know, anywhere. So it's been cool, you know, and just seeing the development of the program over the years and what they've done, it's awesome, you know, and, and I don't take any credit for that. They they put in the work, they're coachable, you know, and, and they're doing the right things that it takes to be great. I'm just here along for the ride. Um, this comes out on Thursday morning, so you'll be able to see highlights of the girls' city track meet Wednesday night. Um, so how do you go about recruiting this time of year when it's it's full on high school track season right now and there's races all the time? It's just figuring out when it works into the schedule. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's you can overdo it for sure, you know, and I try to have that balance of like, okay, when am I going to travel? If I'm traveling Friday and Saturday for meets, you know, maybe trying to pick one meet during the week that I can get over to. Um, you know, locally is so much easier. It's the, the tough ones are when you you have a recruit that's like three hours away racing, yeah. and you're like, okay, well, there's six hours of just travel, watching a five minute race, yeah. and then you're driving back. You know, so just trying to pick. Uh, you know, fortunately now they have these bigger meets um, like classics where they've yeah. got you know 20 plus teams coming in, and you know a lot of high caliber kids. So those are always easy as far as recruiting goes. You go and you can watch a ton of them um, race and. Uh, but no, during the week, I, I actually enjoy when we had meet ones during the week because the chances of me in the spring getting out to an outdoor track meet on the weekend is like slim to none, you know, because I'm never here. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely prefer the week ones where I can get there. Yeah. All right. I've taken up plenty of your time. Oh, and yeah. I don't want to um, take any more time from your dog either. <laughs> uh, but thank you for this. Absolutely. Uh, let's get a beer soon. Yeah. It. I'm in. Let's do it. Thanks to Coach Pence for taking the time. Thanks to Tyler. He's just as busy as I am this time of year, so his 25 minutes were very valuable. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks to Northwestern Mutual for sponsoring this podcast, and thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.